Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Friday. It's November the 3rd, and we are back streaming live from Liberty Hill, Texas, here on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you are watching us on YouTube, this is your two-minute warning. If you're watching on YouTube, I know there's nobody on Facebook, but we put it out there anyway. Uh, if you're watching on Twitter, we may actually even just go only to Rumble. So rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. I got to talk to the founder of Rumble, uh, the CEO of Rumble, Chris Pavlovich, for a few minutes when I was at Miralago. That's also weird. We just did that uh, day before yesterday, and uh, he told me that they had a new release for Rumble. If you have not updated your iPhone, there is a new release for the Rumble app to make it more user-friendly. Uh, I mentioned to him that my wife is one of the 10 people that watch us on YouTube, and he was like, oh, why is that? Like, what does she like about it? So we had this kind of little small chat, very user-friendly kind of guy, and a guy who wants to make sure that this product goes strongly. Uh, we are broadcasting today without producer Ryan. He is closing on a house, so we are running this, and I see an awful lot, an awful lot of new names and faces in the chat. I guess I just picture your faces. If you guys don't know that, when I see your names running across the chat, I just imagine that there is someone there uh, and that I know that person because I know a lot of you guys feel the same way when you meet up with us. Okay, so we're going to be bringing on GOB Actual, Garrett Boyle instead of Steve Friend. We're going to be talking about uh, the week. And today's kind of topic um, in kind of a very strange week for us is the difference between perception and reality and maybe the difference between expectation and realization, which we all kind of do this over and over again on a regular basis. Uh, it's the the source of some of the happiness that you will find, but it's also a source of some of the sadness you get because you think, man, that just did not live up to it. We're going to talk about Miralago in that case, some of the celebs that we ran into. Um, neither of us are very good at knowing that you're supposed to do selfies with people and then go, look, I know this person, tag on whatever the social media thing is. Um, I'm not that kind of guy. So there's some pictures of me with people that I guess they were able to document. Everybody knew who we were, or a lot of people did. So that's pretty strange. Uh, before we do that, I want to say thanks to my friends over at Catholic Vote. I'm not pulling it up because for some reason it looks very fuzzy on this particular streaming software. But Catholic Vote, go to catholicvote.org if you want to get the loop. I just checked out the loop today. And one of the articles in there that I thought was most fascinating, I'm going to give you quick, a quick little brief on it. There is an administration policy that would push abortions on migrant girls. We kind of all know that's going on, some of the evil things that are happening at our southern border, and uh, abusing women and children is right in line with what this administration has done. They've done some really awful things out there, and this particular policy would actually uh, incentivize and fund abortions, which seems like it should be outside of federal law. But uh, they just keep doing these little end around. They keep scooting around what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And unfortunately, it results in the death of, the death of babies. Now, these women are being abused all the way up from uh, wherever they come from a lot, coming from Panama and then and making it up to our southern border. It's a horrific, catastrophic experience, I think, for, uh, for folks that are involved in this. And unfortunately, uh, this administration is not making any better. So check out The Loop. Go to catholicvote.org. Just plug in your email if you want to get it. Uh, I've had many of you reach out to me on social media. Let me know that it is really your favorite uh, sort of quick little update. It's part of your data dump as you start your day. Uh, if you know, you're getting podcast information, you're getting it long form. But if you want quick bullet points, short stories, and you can click on what you're interested in, The Loop from Catholic Vote at catholicvote.org. You don't have to be Catholic. 
You really don't. There's plenty of people out there that have been telling me, hey, I'm not Catholic, but it's really good stuff. It's like, yeah, it's not It's not telling you how many uh, candles need to be on the Catholic Church's altar. That's not what they're about. They're about informing you and making you better armed. All right. So uh, before we do anything further, let's go ahead and bring on my man, my buddy, my partner in crime here. There is GOB Actual. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey. Good. Good, good to see you again. I just saw you yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, how how tired are you from that dude that trip? Because that was pretty exhausting. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I told Heidi, I was like, man, I'm I'm beat. And she's like, well, you're almost forty. What do you expect when you <laughs> when you revel with uh, millionaires for a night? <laughs> it's it's so strange. So, who are some of the faces that you recognize? We went to Miralago. We'll kind of give the expectation versus the perception and reality uh, in just a second here. But uh, some of the people that you thought were kind of fun to see. Uh, the biggest one was probably Cash Patel because he bought and paid for me with a five thousand dollar check at Christmas time last year. Um, so that <laughs> you're was being fun. facetious for all for all of our friends on the FBI security division that are like, aha, we got him. <laughs> um, other than that, it was cool to meet like some people who've had me on, like Roger Stone. That was kind of cool. He had no idea who I was. He's like, "Who are you again?" And I'm like, and I told him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 you were great." Uh, his wife, super sweet. I chatted with her for, for quite a while. Uh, so that was, that was cool. Um, who else? It was great to see Dan Bongino again. I know you, you are a lot closer with him than I am, but, uh, he, he recognized me and came up to me and gave me a hug and asked how I was doing and, and how things were. And, um, by that point in the night, it was, it was still kind of early on. It was before the movie started, but it was, uh, it was clear to me that he certainly is very different than, the vast, vast majority of people that you're going to run into at something like that. So that was cool. Um, and cash as well, I think too. Absolutely. Yeah. You want, yeah. you want to tell them what, uh, what happened when we got out of the vehicles and we look over and there he is. <laughs> yeah. So we, we roll in through the security at Mar-a-Lago and once we get through and pull up to where we're supposed to get out and they had, you know, like a chauffeur who was going to take the car and park it somewhere. Um, we all hop out and, uh, you know, I look to my left. I'm like, oh, there's that's Cash Patel. And I just walk over there and he gives me a hug and a handshake, recognized me right away and said, hey, good to finally meet you guys in person. And then he was like, all right, you're with me. And he just took all of us, our, our group. And I mean, we were big. It was me, you, George, Steve, Sonia, uh, Tony. And I think that's it. So six and Ryan. So seven of us. That's like yeah, kind okay. of a so let, let, let's. So Sonia Labasco, who we've had on the show, she's a uh, coordinator for whistleblowers within the Federal Air Marshal Service. Uh, her husband, Tony, who's a great guy and and really funny and a former Air Marshal as well and former Secret Service. Uh, and then we had you and me, Steve. Uh, we had George Hill, who's our other great guest that shows up here and, and gives. And, and George and I did a, a long sit down and kind of I picked his brain for a while. George is such a wealth of information and uh, and a really dark human being in some ways, <laughs> like but in a, in a lovable way. Uh, Ryan Matta as well. And so anyway, a pretty, pretty uh, awesome little group of people, definitely the kind of people that we uh, want to spend our time with. If we, if we're going to be away from our families, that's kind of our family away from home. So yeah, yeah cash sure. kind of gathered up and then just started rolling. Like he's like, he's like on me. And then we moved. Yep. Yeah. So he kind of gave us uh, a little bit more of a behind the scenes tour of, of the general area in which the party was taking place. But uh, took us up towards the big flag that, that president Trump waves there and <clears throat> some of the other areas that i think were a little more off limits for the night uh um, the flag was off limits that's why this so uh, folks if you follow us on, on true social you've seen the picture i posted it's got cash patel in the background and he's like striding in there he's not photobombing uh he goes guys 
you got to get a picture with the with the with the flag, like stand up in front of the flag. And so we did. And so it's me and Steve and Garrett, and that's how many of you know how big Garrett is or how small Steve and I are. Take your pick. Um, Garrett, how tall are you? Six two. Okay, so he's six two, and are you still close to 300, 280 something? Yeah, two seventy five. Yeah, yeah. Garrett's a good sized guy. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's good sized. And Steve and I are like pretty small comparatively. Um, also, I don't know if the angle doesn't makes it even look worse, but it's pretty funny. And that flag coming out of my head is amazing. But uh, in the background, Cash basically uh, he goes like, oh, "Guys, get a picture with the flag." And this woman from the Secret Service comes running up, and she's like, "Oh, you can't do it here. Like, this is not the place for." I don't know. I think it was off limits to non-club members. Uh, and Trump's Trump's house, like where his actual residence is, was just behind where we were. And Cash is like, I got this guy. He's like, don't worry about it. And he goes striding off and just tells Secret Service what's up. So that's that's what you're seeing in that photo, uh, which was a really funny moment for us. We're just getting there. We're getting yelled at by people left and right. They're like staff from the club. They're like, you can't be here. Yeah. And Cash is like, no, 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 no. They can do whatever they say. I'm here. I'm the one doing this thing. Um, he kind of, I don't think he even big time them. He's just like super bellow about it. He's just yeah. like, why are you, don't worry about this. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't They're worry about it. Yeah. They're just taking a picture. Hey, it's just a on. picture. What are you worried about? It's yeah. just a flag. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was cool. And then, uh, then yeah, you know, we all, we all like many of you uh, who are, who are listening, watching and, and holding it down in the live chat, we had our lapel pins on and uh, we had a, a couple handfuls of extra and uh, we're, you know, it, it kind of, started to become a thing like probably after only being there for like an hour people are hey i see I've, I've been seeing that pin what is it you know and so we got to kind of spread the message a little bit there or at least plant the seed in a lot of ways and hand out a couple of those um and definitely by the end of the night people were were really uh really pointing them out and saying i, I keep seeing that i keep seeing that what is it again oh yeah the suspendables oh you guys are all you know canceled fbi agents or whatever so so hopefully you know all of us all of you who are sporting the pins and, and helping and spreading the message and wearing shirts and whatever, you know, we're, we're, we're not going away and, unless they come at our at our doors at 6 a.m. someday, which they might. But, uh, oh, well, you know, like we're going to keep going. And it, many of the people that are out there, you, you guys follow some of these names in, in social media. You follow them in the news articles because a lot of these people are coming straight out of the news. I mean, we had Roger Stone there. Uh, who was raided by the FBI. We've got Michael Flynn, who was entrapped by the FBI with a perjury trap and, you know, no underlying crime. Uh, we gave Michael Flynn, General Flynn, a pin. Uh, we got one to, to, to Dan. We gave it to Dinesh. Uh, we had uh, Aaron Stevenson, who's another whistleblower that we've had on the show here, and he was with Project Veritas. We had Tara Rodas. So we had a bunch of people, and they were starting to support this. Yeah, we had a clan. We were the single biggest represented group of people at Miralago for this uh, for this premiere on or this screening, I would call it. On uh, Wednesday, and then they asked me to stand up and uh, and MC it, which is also really funny. Um, you, you can't uh, help but appreciate the sort of amusement of just standing up in front of a bunch of people. I went up to people and I kept introducing myself. I'd say, "Hey, uh, you know, because I'm look, look, I'm a really regular guy. You're a regular guy. We're regular guys. We walk through the airport. Nobody knows who we are. Yeah. But in an event like that, where there's people that are hyper focused on a very minute part of the news, like people know who we are." And so that's really strange to go and have someone, you, you go shake your hand. You've never met them before. You do what normal people do. You introduce yourself. You go, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm Kyle Serafin. And they're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean you know? I don't know who you are. I've never met you. I'm trying to get your name. Can you tell me what your name is? Yeah. I just, uh, I got to meet Kevin Sorbo, which was kind of cool. That's actually like the only like sort of celeb thing. Uh, I don't get really excited about celebs either. I don't, it doesn't matter. But I like Kevin Sorbo. I think I really love the fact that he was like a real view of masculinity when I was a kid. For sure. 
Um, he played Hercules. And then he's also come out in a, in a really big way. And he's just been a voice out of the conservative movement being like, look, I may be in Hollywood, but I lifted weights. Like he's, he's a man's man. He's tall, you know, he's big. Uh, he's got some years on him at this point, but he's, he's very personable. He speaks like a regular guy. So I got to shake his hand by the pool and nobody was bugging him. And that was kind of fun, but that was about the only like celeb sighting. Everybody else is just people that we talk to in the world yeah. and, and the, we're all doing the same thing. I mean, that's the other kind of crazy thing. You know what I mean? How about uh, Miralago as perception versus reality? Did that, uh, how did that come out? That, man, it, it was, it's a phenomenal place. It, I think it certainly is worth more than $18 million. But um, real quick, I'm going to plug a movie of Kevin Sorbo. Uh, it's called God is Not Dead. And uh, he plays like an atheist uh, professor of some sort or teacher. And um, I don't know, you know, his background or like when, when he kind of came to have a more uh, firm faith, but um, I think he certainly does as, as he's getting older and, and, you know, participating in movies like that, which is going to just get you further canceled from uh, Hollywood, but he doesn't care because it's the right thing to do. But um, yeah, Mar-a-Lago, man, <clears throat> it, it's an immaculate place. I'd never been in Palm beach before. I've never driven past Mar-a-Lago or anything like that. Certainly never been inside any place even close to, that type of caliber of um, construction and uh, meticulous, you know, groundskeeping and 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 just the layout and like when when we got there, the sun was was starting to set and it's yeah. coming down over the water and you know all the people are kind of like mingling out there and I just it was very surreal for me to and that was one of my first impressions um, before starting to meet some of these people who I thought in a lot of ways I thought wow even these people are are very disconnected from from what's happening but. Uh, they, they don't think they are. And I, I think a lot of them truly are, but uh, I hope I'm wrong about that, but just on the overall experience, that's kind of what I walked away from. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a man. I mean, I, I never would have imagined I'd ever be at a place like that. So it was really cool um, in that way to, to see something like that. And, and even kind of just be more, more like a fly on the wall and observe and uh, meet a few people and, and hopefully just spread the message of, of what's happening. Um, honestly, one of the, probably the the most memorable part of this whole thing for me other than you know hanging with you guys uh, which is always fun we don't get to do it a ton but occasionally we do so it seems like it's always in Florida too but uh, uh, when we all are together but um, uh, when I was flying in the day I flew in uh, I had a connecting flight in Baltimore and I always front load um, my carry-on and it, it's a it's an Eberly stock backpack that I wore every day in Afghanistan or, you know, I wore all the time in Afghanistan and, um, it, it's a good carry on bag, you know, it fits really good up top and it fits all the stuff I would ever need. And so, uh, you know, I front loaded, I have my, my, my earbuds in and I'm listening to a sermon and I hear Gerald Boyle. And I'm like, I like pull an earbud out and I'm like, like doing one of these. And you know, th this lady who said my name, she, you know, she's probably saw that like, Oh, he's looking. And she goes, Hey, Gerald Boyle. And I was like, oh, hey, and I, like, I don't know who this person is and I don't get recognized, you know, even at Mar-a-Lago, not 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 many people knew who I was or recognized me, even though I have the the, the very uh, distinguished uh, type of um, ensemble. But uh, may, I, may I? Yeah. <laughs> when Garrett walks around in a large blue suit because he's a large guy and he has like, you know, shoulder length hair and the hair was down, was it not? It was down. Yeah. The hair's down. The beard is legit. With the great beard comes the great responsibility. You had a red tie on, I want to say. Does that sound uh, right? It, it was blue. It was another oh, crazy blue tie. tie. Blue uh, okay. with, a, with a pink floral pattern. 
but it pops and yeah. you're above many people. You're not the biggest guy there, but like not very many people there look like they were ready to throw or take a punch. I would say yeah. Yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't like a lot of real like meaty dudes. Right. And and you're like kind of, I, whatever I wanted to know where Garrett was, I would just scroll, scroll the pool and I would look for like the upper end of the heads and then like the lower end of the hair. And it was like, yeah. boom, there he, there he is. So yeah, you're, you're not exactly missable, but not everybody is as tuned in as our right. audience is. That's true. To, what's happening in the world, what's going wrong in the world. And um, it's worth yeah, knowing that. So yeah, you're yeah. You, you, getting recognized is weird. It is weird. It's it's weird. really weird. And, um, you know, and, and I get that too. Our, you know, my, my part, just being an FBI whistleblower, I, I get that that's just a small part of the overall um, wickedness and depravity that's going, going on in our country. But uh, so, so, you know, okay, I'll try to be a little graceful with people who, you know, okay, they meet me and they ask me about my pin and they have no idea who I am. That is frustrating in the sense of like, to me, it, it's everything because it's such an important battle to me, but I get that it's just, you know, a fragment of it. So anyways, as I'm, as I'm, you know, I, I briefly meet this lady and uh, I was wearing um, one of our shirts, you know, and uh, she was like, yeah, I recognize the the bad shoe. And, and I was like, how do you know who I am? And she's like, oh, I watched Kyle Seraphim show. And I'm like, oh, cool, great. You know, but I'm like, I got to, you know, there's people behind me. And so it was very brief. And I was like, wow, that was cool. You know, I sit down and um, we go on our flight from Baltimore to um, um, Palm Beach. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of towards the back of the plane. She was towards the middle front. And um, by the time I get off, you know, I'm not even thinking twice about it. But there she is, uh, you know, kind of hanging out, waiting for me. And she, she kind of flags me down and she's like, Hey, can you, can you talk for a little bit? We ended up talking for 15, 20 minutes maybe. And, um, I don't know if she's in the live chat or not. And I don't even know if I should say her name if she is, she know she knows who she is, but, um, uh, she, we just chat and, and she kind of tells me about how she kind of came to this awakening relatively recently with paying attention and being involved in, in politics and your show and Dan Bagino's and a couple others uh, that she watches on the, on the regular, and, and, and how she has realized like, this is really important. Um, and then she says, can I help you? And she ends up, I end up pulling up my, my uh, Venmo and she right there just Venmo's me a substantial amount of money in, in my opinion. And, um, and says, she, she asked if she could send you money, not can she I help asked. you specifically. Yeah. She wanted right. to know if she could, she wanted she to. Could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it, even that was weird because like one of the humbling parts of this whole experience has been just allowing people to help you. I'm not good. I, I realize I'm not good at that at all. And, but when they want to, like a friend that my friend who helped me go gather all my belongings from Virginia, he told me, let people bless you. And that has really stuck with me. And so I thinking in my head, she's telling me she wants to help. I'm trying to, I, I, I want to resist it, but I'm like, no, let her bless you. She wants to. And so you know, I pull up my Venmo, she sends me the money and she, she labels it girls Christmas. And, you know, for me, I, I know people who've seen me on your show before they know, uh, my faith is really important. Um, a really important part of this. And I honestly was like, this is God literally saying, Garrett, I, I got you no matter what happens. I got you sure. Maybe I'd, I'm not getting the, the, you know, $135,000 a year salary that the FBI pays out to, to agents, which on the human level would be nice. That would be great. 
I would, you know, I have very, uh, substantial. Is that salary. better than getting $5,000 from cash Patel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's a lot more stable and, uh, you know, 15 more years, I would have got that pension and everything, but I know this, this world is passing away and everything in this world is passing away. And so as hard as it can be, sometimes it's like, no, you're, you're on, we're on this path for a reason. We were put into this moment of time for a specific reason and if nobody else ever recognizes me ever again but that lady did it, it meant something you know and and you know she recognized also that my faith is a is an important part of this and she said how do you know so much about that and about the bible and everything and it's like just over time and and studying and and, and really paying attention to it and especially in the last probably three or four years um it, i've really realize how important it is. And she said, man, maybe, maybe I need to, to dive into that a little bit more. Maybe this is the sign that I've been waiting for. And I told her, I'm like, you know, if me getting canceled from the FBI, if it means that one soul is saved, that one person turns to Christ, then it doesn't matter what happens to me, then my life was worth it. So that's my story. You, you actually believe that. Not uh, not all people say those things and mean it. I just want you to know, folks, as you're listening to Garrett, <laughs> Garrett is very, he's a hard on his sleeve kind of guy. Yeah. And and that, that is an honest statement. You talked about letting people bless you. We're going to actually uh, play one of our uh, promos that we've made. Uh, this is something I spent a little bit of time on. We've had new sponsors reach out to us. Um, I only bring on people that make sense for the message that we're bringing to people. This group, 4Patriots, the number 4Patriots.com. Check them out. I'm going to play their, the, the promo because I actually had fun making it. But uh, most importantly, they've come to us. If you guys don't have a food storage plan, make your own, can your own, do what makes sense. If you want to save time and effort and you just want to go and, and spend dollars instead of uh, investing like part of your life into it, this is an option uh, and this has fun music. So I'm going to play this real quick here for us. You listen to the Kyle Serafin Show, so you know that we don't think it's an if, but a when things get bad in this country. And when they get bad, you want to be prepared. One of my good buddies says you got two options. You can prepare or repair. I recommend you prepare, and you can go to 4, the number 4, patriots.com slash Kyle. You can check out all of their survival goods, including their best-selling survival food. There is a thing called the rule of threes in the military. It's a survival concept. It says that you can go for three weeks without food, although I don't recommend it. You can go for three days without water, although that gets really rough. You can go for three minutes without air, but you can't go for three seconds without hope. Failure to plan is planning to fail. Don't be that guy that doesn't know what to do if the lights go out and you don't have a grocery store to go to. That's not where the food comes from. It should come from your pantry. They sent me the 72-hour food pack. We cooked some up. Kids ate it. No problem. This is a victory. Get it done by going to 4patriots.com slash Kyle. You could throw something in your truck, in your van, in your minivan. Keep food where you are in case you can't get to where your food is. This is a real simple problem to solve. It's easy. You throw a couple dollars at it, and you can forget about it. They're guaranteed for 25 years. That's an awful lot of time for you to be solving this problem. Go ahead and check it out. 4 patriots.com slash Kyle or use promo code Kyle if you go to 4patriots.com. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I don't know, that jam, like it, it makes me feel like I'm doing like an 80s montage, like a training <laughs> montage. I feel like I should be like lifting rocks in a garage or something or like uh, like running in the snow with it up to my waist, which you're about to be doing because you're living in uh, Nineveh, aka yes, Wisconsin. This is true. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of hone in on that thing, letting people bless you. Um, it reminded me of the fact that you had that happen. Someone came to you and said, let me help you. 
And yeah. you and I are men that are that are maybe proud is the right word, but but if nothing else, we're self-reliant. We believe that we should be standing on our own two feet, that we have responsibilities to take on. We have to shoulder the burden of whatever it is, uh, sometimes heavier than others. And uh, you offered to, to come out, and this is how we found out that the fans were at least following me briefly, because <laughs> we flew to El Paso together, and you helped me move across the country. Um, we didn't work together in the FBI. I, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Will you tell people how how this is like the roots of the suspendables, where it started up, uh, going back to September or October, how you even got brought, like how in the world that we even came in connection? Because we never worked in the same office, folks. Like I never met Garrett on duty when we worked for the FBI. Right. Yeah. So uh, for me, I, so a lot of people, you know, we probably memory hold this, but which we can't, we, we have to always remember this part of it um, because I think it really was a tipping point, if not one of the bigger ones. So when Joe Biden signed executive order 14043, uh, that was the EO that mandated the COVID-19 vaccine. And um, like Kyle, but I didn't know it at the time, I was a hard no on that uh, for my my spiritual reasons and um, even for legal reasons, which I, I ended up eventually putting into about a 15 page uh, constitutional concerns memo. That's what I titled it. And, uh, I, I ended up, I knowing what I know now about whistleblowing, that was my first, uh, protected disclosure. I made that to my, my direct chain of command. Uh, of course it went nowhere. Um, so eventually you get the opportunity again, my finger quotes should have been used there, but to, to, um, apply essentially for a religious accommodation to abstain from the injection. And, you know, I do one of those and I, I went pretty hard on that as well. And it, that was also about 15 pages, um, filled with, with scripture references and, and my beliefs and all sorts of things. And so eventually, um, that lands on my CDC's desk. In the FBI, the CDC is the chief division counsel. Um, he has since become a very dear friend. And and uh, I found out he also was a believer. Um, and, you know, I had worked with him before because of casework or things like that, but we had never really talked on a more of a personal basis. So I sent that to him for kind of a, a legal review. And then I found out that he also was, was uh, in the same boat as me. And he said, Hey, uh, are you in the signal group? And I had no idea what that was. I knew what signal was, but I didn't know what the signal group was. And he ends up inviting me to it and, and bringing me in. And that's how I met Kyle because around the same time, probably a few weeks earlier, Kyle had started to set up the signal group and uh, friends of his who were in the same boat as us who did, were not under any circumstances going to put something in our body that we uh, believed based on our sincerely held beliefs was wrong. Um, this group started to grow and grow and grow. And, uh, at, I think at its peak, it was around 300 people and that's kind of how it started. And early on, I was, I was messaging in there a lot and posting my religious exemption or that constitutional memo or things like that. But that, that is really the, um, the early stages of, of how Kyle and I met. And then at some point we start messaging, um, more direct, uh, uh on signal and, and from there, well, fast forward a couple of years and here we are almost uh, two years later uh, and very different circumstance, but so different. The thing that's so important, and, and I think this is actually a message for people to, to take some heart in, uh, and I think this actually speaks to your character in a, in a way that many people may not know. And look, folks, be it, doing something hard. 
That's what that's what we when we say the suspendables, it means you know that something bad is going to happen. Um, I I suspected something bad would happen when I went forward to Congress. I told my wife that we're probably going to lose the job. They obviously didn't like the fact that I wouldn't put stuff up my nose, and so I was removed without pay for months. And and I accepted that. That was fine. And I'm telling 300 people inside the FBI, one percent of the FBI essentially. There's about uh, 30 something thousand, you know, 36,000 people in the FBI. We had close to 1% of them, which was 10% of the, the objectors to the COVID shots. And when I'm telling them this, I'm like, look, this is coming for you. Start making your plans. Now it's a lot like when I'm telling you, you know, figure out what your food supply looks like. Um, it's a lot like getting your religious house in order, getting your faith and your ideas, setting your feet in stone so that you are not going to give any, uh, territory back because we need to be gaining territory right now when it comes to freedom and faith and family and, and liberties. So uh, I started talking to Garrett offline f- away from these people, and I just said, they're going to come for everybody, and uh, and and you too. And so when I went forward with uh, showing that the, they were going after parents at school board meetings, he and I started talking. He's like, look, I'm going to find out what cases they actually pulled up on this threat tag. Like, I'm going to find out who they were investigating, and I'm going to bring that forward. And so many of you may not understand this, but the, 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 the original protected disclosure that really got Garrett on the map, I think, is that he went to Jim Jordan's office with information about who these people were, who the actual parents were. And maybe some of you out there were those parents that were at school board meetings. You probably don't know because the names are not public. Right. But there are, there are parents who were being investigated by the FBI when the FBI said they were not doing that thing. And that was the line too far for you in some ways. Right. Uh, you want to talk about the decision process? Because I think that's also something that people can, they need to emulate, if nothing else. They need to emulate the process that you went through that said, it's coming for me, because I told you. Yep. And then how it came to you, and then maybe when it actually did. I think that'd be worth hearing. Yeah. So for me, it, it probably really started when I was writing that uh, religious accommodation request. And by the time I got done with that, and I remember it so vividly, uh, because they had a due date on it, which I still would say that that's illegal. And I included reasons as to why in, in, in what I wrote. Um, but uh, I'll abstain from going down that rabbit hole. And uh, I remember when I got done writing it, it was over Columbus Day weekend because we had a three-day weekend. And I basically was locked in the whole time um, to make this thing as jam-packed as possible with how wrong they were and why from a biblical perspective and in some ways from a legal perspective. And by the time I was done with that, I told my wife and I had my gun and my badge um, and my creds, you know, like where I, where I kept that stuff in Kansas and I grabbed my badge and my creds and I said, they can take it. It's not worth your soul. It's not worth what you believe. And I didn't say this, but it reminds me of what I said earlier. This world is passing away. And the reason we are here is for God's glory and to glorify him and to do his will. And of course, we get it wrong. Like I've said before, I sin every day, many times. I, I, I know. I know I'm imperfect, which is why we need Christ to die on the cross so he could save us. And I, I just remember thinking, like, this is, this is for man. Being an FBI agent, having creds in a badge and this position... I do believe the government is ordained by God. Again, this is a rabbit hole. This, this would take me over an hour to talk about. Uh, but when government goes against what God has ordained and what God wants, you have a duty to resist what the government is doing. And I think that 
this point in this country for all sorts of reasons, not just the COVID vaccine, but all sorts of reasons, we are at a point where you have to set your fear aside because people say all the time, man, you're so courageous. I'm not, I'm really not. I, I was afraid too. And then by the time I got canceled, I was really afraid because now I don't have income now who knows. And then even after I testified now I'm being threatened with being arrested. So there is plenty of fear there, but at this point, you know, you only can lean into doing what is right because what other choice do you have? What other option do you have? I could have in early on gotten a fake vaccine card, gotten, just gotten the vaccine, all sorts of other options to just cave. And I kept coming back to my beliefs and saying, I can't do those things because those are wrong too. And then once I started uh, going to Congress, it was again, it was another one of those things where it's like, man, I, I'm pretty sure this is going to end poorly for me. Um, and I, I was right about that as well. Um, I had been doing it for so long, about 10 months by the time I was canceled that I, 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 I don't know if I got complacent, but I kind of forgot. And I thought, oh, maybe they realized, oh, this guy's going to Congress. There's nothing we can do. Obviously, I learned the hard way that that was that was a false belief. But it, again, it's one of those things where it's like the government is doing what is wicked. Congress is set there legally to be a barrier from that wickedness. We are are approved by law to go to Congress. So we did. And when they come for you anyways, and they will, and they're starting with the list they have of people who dissented from that vaccine. What other option do you have but to do what is right? What, what, regardless of your fear? Yeah. Let me, um, so we're talking to Gerardo Boyle. He's an FBI whistleblower. He's a dear friend of mine. He is the, uh, the one who is helping me understand a little bit about how the suspendables came to be because I feel like it's really important for us. Now we're looking back. We just got back from Mayor Lago and we're kind of talking on the perception versus the reality. You expect things to be one way. They are something very different. Let me let me ping this against you because this just occurred to me. I've been saying this frequently in the last few days that uh, we all sort of think that we all make plans. That's what men and women do. Human beings make plans. They have an expectation of what the world will look like. And then uh, God has a different plan oftentimes, mm -hmm. which we find out. And you can't really realize what that is until you look in the rear view mirror. In the moment, you're like, oh, I'm losing my job. I'm getting moved out of my place. My children have no home. They don't have any coats. I have I have no income. Like all the things that are terrifying, and they really are. They're really scary and they're, and they're upsetting. And most people are not able to deal with it. And then you look in the rear view and you go, oh, that's why. That makes yep, sense. For sure. And, and, yeah. I, and I imagine that people through all of history have gone, you know, this door closed. I thought it was all over. Another door opened. My life is now better than it could have been. Like I'm, I had somebody that, that there's this troll that goes after me on Twitter and he, and apparently he's a former agent and he, I don't think he actually knew me ever, but he claims to have known me at headquarters, which is funny because if you knew me at headquarters and you thought I was a bad person in the FBI, that actually is a really bad reflection on you. I had no bad reviews. You know, I rub some people the wrong way because I feel very strongly about things, but like Nobody ever came to my face and had problems with it. And if they did, I probably didn't like them. And probably if you listen to the show, you wouldn't like them either. There's a lot of uh, just do the job that you're told. But what occurs to me is this. You made a whistleblower disclosure. You didn't realize that was a protected disclosure, but it fits the statute. I've done several. I started them in probably 2018. I started going to the Office of General Counsel. I think I even did some in 2017, talking about how my boss was doing things that were actually illegal. They were against federal employment law. So you start doing certain things. You don't know 
that those are part of the thing. And, and each one of those little incremental steps, it prepares you, but it also sort of softens you to taking direct action. You're like, well, I told somebody. Mm -hmm. That's what many of you will do in your lives. And the only reason why you and I are sitting in this position right now is because we didn't have one decision and one action. We had multiple decisions and multiple actions hit us all in the face very glaringly. And instead of us softly pushing back, we set our feet, threw our fists up and said, this is, this is the fight that I'm going to die on this hill. And I'm not going to go any further. And of course, we lost the job over it. Right. But it actually prepared us for a much more radical push because it wasn't like if somebody came up and said, hey, man, could you just park your car over there? You can't park in your driveway anymore. And you'd be like, oh, can I not? Oh, uh, <laughs> all right. You could park in the street, I guess. Like, I could accommodate one thing, right? Or they'd be like, hey, listen, uh, you can't wear a baseball hat anymore. We have to be able to see your eyes. And you'd be like, oh, really? Huh. Like, I mean, I don't mind people seeing my eyes. That's not really that big of a deal. I want to wear a baseball hat, though. It's sunny out. <laughs> um, but, oh, okay, fine. I, I could compromise. I, I can park my... And then they're like, but if someone came to you, it's like, listen, dude, here's the deal. From now on, you will only wear blue socks. And you will not wear a baseball hat and you will not park in your own driveway. And, and, and you're like, these are arbitrary, capricious, and arb and like completely tyrannical ideas. And you're going to throw them all at me at once? Yeah. I'm out. Now what? Because I say no. And, and we were put in that situation. Those are just like everyday little examples. But it's like, go put this thing up your nose and make sure that you do what we say and, you know, um, comply with this thing that you think is tyrannical. And by the way, we're going to be doing some really awful stuff. We're probably going to have you go and observe parents that are just like you doing something that you know in your heart is illegal. It's constitutionally prohibited. Go do all those things at once. And right. you're like, oh, smack, you know, it hits you right in the face. I hit the microphone too. It smacks <laughs> you right in the face. And you just go like, ah, it shocks you out of that sort of complacency of your life where you're used to kind of going along and getting along. We had a real firm decision basically for all our chips. It's like, it's like going all in on poker. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like, are you in or are you out? And, and you and I are in. Yeah, all the way, 100%. You know, what you're saying, it reminds me of a another a verse that has been heavy uh, on me. It's Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And that's ex precisely what this is. You don't know what your decisions are leading to. You don't know what other people's decisions are leading to relative to what you've done. All these things working together. Uh, you know, on the divine algorithm that the Lord has at, at play for these, like, it was always going to be this. We just didn't know it. That's and, right. and, you know, all those things at once. And I think our military backgrounds, our time in law enforcement, sometimes you're taking in all of this information at once with whether it's a crime scene, you know, um, being in combat, whatever it might be. It's like pouring in, it's like sensory overload and it's fight or flight. And it was very similar with all of these things coming at once. And then to look around and say, why is nobody else doing what's right? And then when you start having these sidebar conversations with these people, they all agree that it's wrong. And it's like, you're an FBI agent or you're a task force officer working for the FBI or you're the boss in the FBI. You swore the same oath that I swore. You're telling me that you know it's wrong. So why are you doing it? And they all, not all, the vast, vast, vast majority did it anyways. And that is how you know people in this nation and this government has been turned over to just pure, vile 
wickedness. And I know there are people out there who say, that's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Well, is it? Because as history has shown time and time and time again, it only gets worse from here. That's right. Um, somebody just in the chat mentioned that uh, they were they were in awe of how easily you cite Bible verses, uh, and I'm curious, if, just dropping them out of the knowledge that lives in your head. I wonder if that comes from uh, from studying statute and being able to be a, uh, a a cop, and if there's any sort of parallel there that you see. Um, yeah, I, I think that's actually a very astute point. I haven't really thought about it in that way, but yes, it's it has to be that way. Like I, as you said that, I just thought of back. It's your code book. Yeah, it's a code book. And there were there's a handful, just like with the code book, that you just know. Like 947.01 is disorderly conduct in Wisconsin. I still know that. I've not been a law enforcer here for five, six years, you know, like, but I know that one because that was a very common one, you know, and I'm sure if I thought about it, there'd be others, but and then of course you can always go look, you know. So um, but like that, the one from Proverbs I just mentioned, I, I put it in a substack after Steve and I got back from from testifying. We had it written on our window, one of the windows in Kansas, um, because we had a lot going on before I got suspended with potentially trying out for the new position, having a baby on the way. And so that was kind of like one of our family verses at the time, and it has just remained so. So that that's one that has really stuck. Um, they don't, you know, they don't all stick. Sometimes I'll just be like, like, I'll know there's a verse about whatever I'm thinking, and I'll just punch it in and duck, duck, go or whatever. And I'll put a couple of the keywords drag, and drag the numbers out of it. But yeah, you know, yeah. you know, roughly where it's going. Like, I know one that you're going to probably know the, uh, the actual reference, but something to the effect of God has prepared you for a time such as this. What does that come from? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the reference, but I know the verse, you know, you like, know, the verse. Yeah, we know the yeah, verse it's in our head. Right. Um, yeah. I, I feel like your ability to, to drop code the way that you did when you were a law enforcement officer doing local law enforcement, real law enforcement in many ways, uh, not cosplay with the bureau. <laughs> When you did that, it prepared you. And, and and my wife actually said something similar to me, which uh, we, we do share these things. This is something, and we'll talk about this in a second. But uh, there, <laughs> there's something to the effect of well, all of your, your, your processes that brought you to this point. Like I said, you look in the rear view and you go, of course. Like I didn't deploy when I was in the military. That's what I joined the military to do. I wanted to go to war. You went right. to war. I, I was always sort of envious of guys that got to do the job. Not because I thought going to war was so glamorous, but because you sign up for something, you want to see it through. Yeah. That's just the, right. like, if you if you train for something, you don't do it. That's a, that's a strange thing. And my wife sat me down right before uh, this all went live. And I don't know if you know this, but I think you do. Just before they took my badge and my gun in April of, uh, of 22, my wife was baptized as a Catholic. Yep, I did know that. Yep, and she had previously, you know, no, you know, faith tradition in, in her life. Grew up as sort of an atheist, not because she was she, I mean, she was like a lovely person, always was, probably one of the most godly people. But just, you know, she just didn't have any formalized structure for it, and so she was right. baptized. We were prepared for that problem, and she said, "All of the training that you did, that you never deployed for, like it's all for now." And a lot of the training I did was very, very hard physical stuff, and resistance training in various mm -hmm. ways. Um, you know, and so then you, then you go and it's like, they're going to push something on you and you're trained for resistance. It's easy. You're, you're right. like, oh, you're going to make me do really hard things. I did this voluntarily for yeah. a living. Bring it. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't break me. I've, I'm, I, you know, they always say that, uh, special operations training is not about physicality. It's actually about, it's about mental toughness. They say something that's like, it's 20% physical. It's 80% mental. It's actually bigger than that. If you're not physical, you're going to get crushed, right. Right. <laughs> but, but your mind has to be the strongest weapon of all of them. George Hill mm -hmm. says the most dangerous weapon is between your ears. I agree. A lot of people say that that's, 
this is the human weapon system. And my weapon system was honed for this thing. So it's like, bring it on. Yeah. I, I, I'm not scared of you. We're like, what yeah. are you going to do? You're going to take my job? I've had a bunch of jobs. Yeah. It turns out I've had a bunch of jobs and I will be the first guy and I'm still standing and it allows other people to go, well, maybe I could stand too. It also let a lot of people know, maybe I should not say anything and keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that is a big part of it. You know, it's people, they see what happens and they, you know, I've had people say like, I want to be like that. How, how, how can you be? And I'm like, I don't really have an answer. Like that. I can't break the code for you. Like, I think you're a hundred percent right. It's those past experiences have led us to this point, have given us the ability to say no. And honestly, part of that even is things I look back on in my life and say, I should have handled that different. I should have spoken up. I should have intervened. I should have, should have, should have. And I'm sure there will still be things like that in the future where I don't do what's right. And, and then in retrospect, it's like, oh, I should have done that. Um, all of those things are part of this algorithm that helps bring you to where you are. And I thought, you know, I always thought, especially like in the last 15 years or so, my time in the army, my time as a cop, my time as an FBI agent, I thought this is what God's plan for my life is to be this, this type of protector, this type of person. But in reality, he was using those things to prepare me for this. You know, like I think of, the combat I did see very different from the combat we're in now. Um, but mentally, uh, it's very similar in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've said before, uh, that this, this whole experience, this trial of my life is harder than my deployments and people who don't, people probably don't understand that. And I don't even know if I can articulate it in a, in a, in a superb way, because you would think, oh, you're getting shot at and you're there for a year and guys, you know, are getting blown up from IEDs and losing limbs or, um, perhaps on the brink of death. I'm thinking of one guy in my platoon, we all thought he was going to die. He ended up living. And then, and then, you know, like I wear this bracelet for my friend who was killed. How could that be harder or how could this be harder than that, than all of that? And it is, it's probably because you see this tyranny so clearly. And then like for me with my faith, and the examples in the Bible of, of when people resisted tyranny, you know, the, of the biggest one is probably in the book of Exodus when Moses straight up told Pharaoh, no. And lots of Christians today will say, don't get political. And it's like, well, tell that to Moses or don't get political. Okay. Tell that to Jesus. He was crucified at the hands of corrupt government officials it, from the Jewish side and the Roman side. So yep. Don't tell me not to get political. You can call it get, getting political if you want, but simply it's doing what's right. And if it took going to war and being a cop and all of that to be here, well, fine. This is what the Lord has prepared us for. This is our fight. This is our battle. And join us, everybody, because we're going to win in the end. Maybe not on earth, but we will win in the end. Yeah, and there's plenty of people, obviously, who are, are watching this that that have already taken that sort of thing. That's probably why they're... Uh, unfortunately, we, we tend to speak to a choir in a lot of ways, but there are right. there's some ways that we can expand that. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. Let me uh, let me say thanks to our folks over at Patriot Coolers. I'm going to play this again. Uh, we, I, I took the time to put these uh, little promos together, and I think they show it is better than my just simple live read. So I'm going to throw that on. Plus, it's got like a nice little like gentle jam in here. And then we're going to talk about who it is that that does actually stand up and what kind of people those are, perception versus reality of who you expect. So let's go this real quick. Let's say thanks to Patriot Coolers. 
Today's podcast is sponsored in part by Patriot Coolers. You can find them at their website, PatriotCoolers.com. You can also find them on social media at Patriot Coolers. Make sure if you order one of these fine products that you tag me as well, because I like seeing them. As a gearhead, you guys know I love seeing it. I like retweeting it. I like retruthing it and sharing it. Uh, check out their page for hard-sided coolers, soft-sided backpacks and carryable coolers, and of course, the tumblers, which I've been carrying with me on and off duty since about 2017. They're a great company. They've got a great product. They support our show, and they support disabled veterans. Visit PatriotCoolers.com. Use my promo code, Kyle. That's easy to remember. K-Y-L-E. And support a brand that supports what you do. Patriot Coolers out of Houston, Texas, America is a good company with a great name that you don't mind showing off. Again, PatriotCoolers.com using promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, to get 10% off. And shipping over 50 bucks is always free. And we appreciate you supporting those who support our show. We really do. We do appreciate it. Uh, I see a bunch of you, new faces, new uh, names in the live chat. I'm really excited to see a lot of you out there. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for participating in the chat part of it, because I think that's a good chunk, the uh, sort of community that goes along with uh, what we're doing out here. And uh, if you're just joining us and you haven't given us a thumbs up on Rumble, we do appreciate that as well. Give us a give us a like on this video. You can also give Garrett O'Boyle a follow. He's at G-O-B, like Garrett O'Boyle, G-O-B actual on True Social and on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you'll go into the timeout thing where he has to approve you manually. But mention uh, if you if your profile will comes after this uh, show, I'm sure he'll he'll be opening some of those things up. Are you allowed to do that yet? Has your lawyers given you any? Anyway. Oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just all so weird. I, and I know they have a different mentality and different approach on things that I probably don't understand. And, you know, while we were in, in Florida, I was emailing back and forth a little bit with them. And, um, you know, it, yeah, that, I, I trust them. I'm grateful for them. But sometimes I, I do wonder. And I know they are probably looking at a different... Uh, landscape than I am. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's not nearly as personal. So here's something kind of just a small thing. And I know you do this all day long too. We just show that little promo. I'm over there, opening up my new, uh, Patriot cooler. Um, what do you call it? Uh, large cooler, the 50 quart and I'm cutting it out and I'm pulling on the box. So you see it and kind of like sped up and in the background is my garage gym. I used to have like a, a thousand square foot garage. <laughs> I used to have the best garage gym, one of the best ones in America for a guy that made his little money. You know, like I wasn't a millionaire. I just had like a nice house in a, in a very inexpensive part of the world. And I had this awesome garage gym. I had everything. I had all, I had a six post rack and I had a heavy bag and a water bag and a, you know, you know, cardio equipment and a deadlift platform and, uh, and a, uh, yeah, all the things, right. I had nine barbells on the wall. I had like thousands of dollars worth of barbells and, uh, <laughs> And I don't have any of that stuff yeah. anymore. I can't carry it with me. I'm in a rental house. Like I got a couple of things that are strapped on that wall, which is better than a lot of people because that's what I spend time and money on. But it's like, dude, that was an opportunity cost. That was the cost of doing business. Yeah. And it's and it's easy. I would do it again every time. They're like, you're never going to have this gym and you're not going to be able to live in this house again. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, the, the interesting thing is this. We just spent time. We had so, we talked about our, our little crew that went to Mar-a-Lago. We were all, uh, we rented a house together and- we all got to say, like, can you kind of comment on the, the the characters of those people? Some of them you hadn't met before in person and you hadn't really spent time with. Anything that struck you about meeting those people and sort of maybe values that were in common as you put them all together in the house? Um, hmm. Yeah, so 
I, I, Ryan was the only person I had not yet met in person. Um, I've, I've spent a fair amount of time with you, especially with the, the move from, from, from El from Las Cruces to, to Austin. But, uh, and then some time with Steve, you know, with testifying and, and Florida and a little bit of time with Sonia. Um, last time in Florida, I got to meet Tony as well. Oh. And, uh, the, I mean, honestly, yeah, dude, like, the, the one thing that that really shines through for me is how different we are but how similar we we're all so different like our characteristics and quality traits and personalities and I, I guess we all come from some type of law enforcement background other than Ryan but um so we have that common thread but we're so different but then the things that say no I'm not crossing this line, it's it's a it's like a beacon for all of us where it's like yeah of, of course why would you cross that line and we all have that similar trait you know and and you know i i was foolish enough to think that everybody in law enforcement everybody in the military that's how we all were and you know i know i know there are people out there who who are in those professions who struggle because they know the right thing to do but they don't do it and i think that just comes um from loving the things of the world uh, a little bit too much. And don't get me wrong, I struggle with that, man. Like you were just talking about your gym. My my gym, probably not as nice as yours, but nice enough and probably nicer than most. It, I've had it since I was a cop. You know, it's when I started building it up and I had it in Kansas and it was almost a daily, you know, routine of, of going in there and using that equipment. And it's been broken down, um, since we moved from Kansas. And then it was, it was in part of the lockup that the FBI did with all of our stuff for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it, it sat in the garage, um, at the rental. And now we're at a different place and it's, it's locked up here. It's broken down here. And I have it listed on Facebook marketplace because we don't have room for it. And I don't know when I'm going to use it. Like, and there are other things too, like, um, the house we were going to get in Virginia and, our salaries and our pension and our health care and all sorts of things you can point to earthly, but who cares? And that, <laughs> but that's it. The other, the other thing that I saw too, that's so wild is that you notice that nobody had to, to, to assign any duties right. while we're, while we're there. Uh, somebody stepped up and said, I'm going to be doing the cooking. That's what I'm most passionate about. Everyone else was like, okay, well, what's my job? Like we're BSing around, but it's like, okay, I'm going to do the cleaning. Mm -hmm. Nobody had to tell anybody a role. Right. Think about a group of people that you get together. Even if you get your family, you're like, hey, can you just, yeah. can you pitch in? There was nobody there that didn't pitch in and do their thing. Right. Everything got done. The house got cleaned. We walked out and and I don't remember having a single discussion. There's, there's certain types of people in this world, the people that I want to be around that know that they have a job and a role and responsibilities and they pick them up gladly and yeah. they carry them. And then think about the difference between that and people who are, a lot of them in federal service, where if you didn't beg them to do their job, they don't do it. Right. I mean, they don't go looking for work. Have you heard the the anecdote of uh, pushing the grocery cart back? Have you heard that before? Yes, but share it anyway. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it's essentially you get your groceries, you go to your vehicle, you load them up and the cart return. It's it's too far away or you got to take it back to the store or whatever. And it's are you going to return the cart? Nobody's going to do anything if you don't. Uh, it's just going to sit in the parking lot until an employee gets it. I think somebody's getting paid for it. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, what, that's, that's the mindset or, yeah. 
Uh, producer Phil calls it a citizenship test. Mm -hmm. You can find out what kind of citizen you are based on what you're willing to do with a grocery cart. Yeah, and and I think that's what we all and who's were in in the house in Florida. You push the cart back, and you don't think twice about it because otherwise it's not getting done. You know, we're not getting meals made <clears throat> unless you're assigning it, and then somebody's not doing it just out of the genuineness of their heart. They're doing it because they were asked to or told to, but that was not the case at all. And I bet anytime we all get together, it will never be the case. It's also one of those pieces where everybody is given different gifts, but it's the same spirit. I, right. Whenever I start hanging out with you, I start all my, all my um, scriptural references start coming to top of mind, which is good for me too. Yeah. But there's something to be said about not everybody is asked to do the same thing. Not right. everybody is asked to be as suspendable in the same way. Not right. everybody has have to lose their job over it. Mm -hmm. And and maybe your job is that you're a manager and you're the person that pushes back and you're allowed to 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 cover for your employees. I'm going to take care of my people. You're going to lose eight people. Are you willing to lose eight people over this bad policy you have? Well, we're not. That would destroy our company. Well, act accordingly. And maybe right. you're in a place of authority enough. The sad thing is we don't see any suspendables coming from the upper ranks. No. But- but in but in the broader context of this country, there are people, there are companies. There's a company, and I don't get any money from them. They're one of my favorite companies. Folks, if you want to uh, go to a good place to buy, uh, what is it, uh, accessories for firearms, dsgarms.com. I'm a huge fan of what they did. They sent out an email to all their customers, and I've been a, a loyal customer for a long time. They offer a great military and law enforcement discount, so that's cool. But they, they sent out an email to their customers, and they said, we are a approved government contractor and provider. We have contracts to be able to sell different goods. We are not going to force our employees to get the COVID vaccine, and we're going to lose all of our government contracts over it. <laughs> and we're going to lose some business. So we hope you stick with us. Yeah. I I went out of my way that week to buy things from them yeah. that I had been thinking about maybe buying at, at some point. Yeah. When when people do that, they're like, I'm going to lose something because it's the right thing to do. They, I mean, we should send them whoever the CEO of the company. I don't know who they are, uh, but maybe we should. Send, they're in Texas. Yeah, not not shockingly, we should send them some suspendables gear. We should for sure. Um, there's another couple of companies that said we're not going to go to Las Vegas and do Shot Show because Shot Show requires that you wear a mask, and I'm not going to make my employees wear a mask. Yeah, <clears throat> good. I mean, and there are that, people out there doing that. Yeah, that's such a small number, but uh, you know fear and courage man they are they they are yin and yang and i think when people see fear they become more free afraid when people see courage and again courage is not the lack of fear it's not at all but when they see it they think ah, maybe maybe i could do that too and when people see companies doing things like this i mean i'm like kind of dumbfounded because you don't see companies doing that you just don't you see them putting Dylan Mulvaney up, up as their poster boy. And you know, that's, you're going the wrong way. You're going the other direction now. And then look yeah, what happens. Are. Then they do get a little bit canceled, but, um, it's, it's, it's great to hear of companies like that because that's the thing. If we all just stood up for the truth and stood up for what we believed in and what was right, well, we wouldn't have had lockdowns like we had, we wouldn't have had mass mandates like we had, we wouldn't have companies losing government contracts over it because we would be the people telling the government you're wrong. You can't do that. Don't do that. But instead we march forward towards tyranny mostly, but not entirely.
we went into this bathroom because we had some downtime. We checked out of our Airbnb in uh, Florida, folks, and uh, Garrett and I are standing out there, and Ryan's showing Garrett a drone, and I'm telling George Hill stuff, and George Hill's telling me scary stories about how scary the world is, and it's very scary. And uh, we have to go into use this uh, public restroom because we've got like five hours to kill. We're just sitting like homeless guys on our bags waiting to go to the airport, and we didn't want to sit at an airport. So I go into this public restroom. Sometimes you see some really interesting messages um, in very strange places. And there was a sign. It was a warning sign. It was all red with white letters. It looked like an official warning, like, don't touch this. It could be hot or slippery when wet or something to that effect. And it was on the hand dryer in the men's restroom in West Palm Beach in a bathroom that is probably used mostly by homeless people. And somebody had put the sticker on and the sticker said, your obedience is perpetuating this nightmare. Your obedience is perpetuating this nightmare is something that we should all take to heart. It's almost like there's a Newtonian physics law that that objects in motion tend to stay in motion and objects at rest tend to stay at rest. The, the fundamental principles of inertia. It's almost like it's coded into the way the world works. If you are courageous and you take courageous action, it begets more courage. Yep. And people around you are more likely to fall into that slipstream behind you and also be courageous. You don't have to be the first person through the door, but you got to go through the door, right? And right. in the same way, uh, fear perpetuates more fear. Yep. And inaction perpetuates more inaction. Many of us are going to have to learn, uh, some of you already have, how to be less governable because that's a fundamental American principle is that we were an ungovernable people. That's why they created, they didn't create a system of broad capabilities and, uh, and compliance. It was like, you have a lot of freedom, don't screw it up handle your own business, go forth yeah. and multiply and go take over the country. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I tweeted this actually, and somebody, uh, screenshotted it and shared it, which I'm fine with because I stand by it. But, uh, Benjamin Franklin, not Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Ben Franklin, he will, you know, early on in the, this great experiment, he said, uh, rebellion to tyranny is obedience to God. And, Thomas Jefferson liked that so much, he took it and put it on his um, his family seal or crest or whatever he had um, made. But and it's like that couldn't be more true. That's it precisely uh, what 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 we have to remember. Remember is when when the government becomes tyrannical, like Pharaoh, or like many other examples we could point to. Again, that we'll do a full show if you want, maybe three of them. But. Mm -hmm. uh, there's maybe so you'll do your, maybe you'll have your own show doing maybe this pretty soon own. on this channel. Yeah. yeah. And so uh it's yeah, rebellion to tyranny is obedience to God. And you have to you can't you can't comply your way out of this. You simply have to do what's right, you know? And it's simple, it's not easy all the time because we we live in our human uh mind mindset and and the way we live on this earth, we think this is it and it's like no, this is we're just passing through. We're just sojourners passing through. There was a big uh, discussion as the, the the church broke and the the Protestants came off, and it was essentially the the, the fundamental debate between uh, Protestants and Catholics historically was something to the fa the, the the effect of um, whether faith alone saves you, or whether your actions show your faith, whether your deeds. So it was really faith versus deeds. There was this long sort of I'm I'm simplifying it dramatically, obviously, but yeah. th there is that that focus. And while faith alone may be enough to save you, it may not be enough to save this country. 
It's going to take some deeds. It's, sure. gonna, it's, it's time to step in, which is a pretty Catholic uh, way of going about things. It's like, how will you know? You'll know they're Christians by their love. You'll know that, they're, that they are faithful by the actions that they perform. Right. It's time. That's what suspendables are. People who, those of you who know exactly what I'm talking about, you're in the live chat. So like I said, we are indeed preaching to the choir. But, uh, but the way you get more people to join the choir is you sing loudly, you sing proudly, and you sing on tune as best mm. you can. <laughs> and and invite someone to join you because people are able to follow action. Everyone's looking for leaders. Everyone right now is looking for someone to follow. And we find that. I think that's what's so strange for both of us. Maybe that's why, maybe that's the weird thing about being recognized is because we're just doing what we would do. Right. And that shouldn't be unusual, but it is at this time. Mm-hmm. And yet, and so therefore people are like, got it. I want to be with you guys. And and I I wholly invite you to be with us. To, and 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 some of you are going to have to start being a little bit more uncomfortable because your example is going to get recognized. Most of us in, in, intend not to be that. Right. I had I had a funny discussion about social media. You ever had social media before? Um, before yeah, this? I had it, but it was you know, it's just I was like friends with friends from you know work or from the army or whatever family. Nothing, nothing crazy, you know. Yeah, it's. It's and now you have a profile that people will actually look at, and you'll have you, you look down, and you go, oh, like this congressperson is watching me, or yeah. <laughs> it's like this news person is following me. I see it yeah. every day. There's like new people that I'm like, oh, these people have influence over the world. I don't like the word influencers, but they are they are providing a perspective, and they are looking at me to see what mine is too, uh, which is why all these things end up being recorded. And whenever somebody says something, it's like, have anybody attacked the message that we are bringing? They may attack us as human beings, imperfect vessels out there, but right. Nobody's nobody's saying fundamentally that what we said is wrong. Yeah. That we are giving false information. Right. We get a lot of these like former bureau people that are like, oh, you couldn't hack it in the bureau. It's like, really? Yeah, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like I consider that a badge of honor. Silly, yeah. silly guy, person that you are. Um but you know, to, uh oh, go ahead. No, you. Um, you know, Bert Macklin uh yes, on, we on love Twitter. Bert. Yeah, we love great. Bert Macklin on Twitter. He's so funny. Yeah. He uh he sent me a message yesterday. He he went back and listened to when Steve and I were on PBD and he said something to the effect of like, man, you guys just came off as as genuine, as truthful, as reliable, as smart, like you knew what you were talking about. And I just thought like, well, yeah, when you just are who you are and you, which we just tell the truth. That's what we did as FBI agents, that's what we did as cops. That's I mean, that you just that's of course that's what shines through because that's just what you do and and i did take it as a compliment still but we're probably so used to politicians or or just how phony people can be and it's like so yeah when they see somebody just being like who they really are well well, then it's that's like noticeable and that's kind of sad that that's the case but that you know that's where we are I, I did an interview with Seb Gorka the other day. Some of you guys, if you didn't see it, we did the manhood hour. It's actually my favorite thing to do long form discussions and especially with fun people like Seb. Mm-hmm. And so he was asking me questions and, and then it's just like, I just tell you the truth. I tell you the same thing. If we were sitting and having a beer, I, a lot of my interviews are getting that way where it's like, I'm not making this stuff up. I didn't have to go and like find some talking points. Like why? I just tell you the thing that I either know to be true or that I think to be true or something that happened in the past that illustrates what are my points are. And I've got a pretty good memory, so. I'm blessed with that. And uh, and I have an easy way of communicating a lot of these things. And some of them are really funny. And they're not always very flattering to me. A lot of them are pretty self-deprecating because if you can't laugh at yourself, like we're all going to be in tears yeah. anyway. So I just yeah. think that's really funny. 
Uh, I want to wrap this one up. This this week has been a long one. I'm I'm grateful for you coming on and sharing this perspective. And um, yeah, give people an opportunity to uh, follow the website. And uh, you got a new shirt up there, so I'm going to put you full screen. I'm going to let you talk about that and tell people where they can find it. Yeah. So a lot of people have been asking about the the last line strength shirt. So if you can tell, this one has a green line. So uh, I I put that up there today. Uh, you can get these again now. But the blue what, line. What's the green line? The green line is for for military. So uh, that that's you know, my original idea was to have a blue line, a green line, and a red line shirt, and then maybe expand from there. And this goes back to my days in the in the in the uh, police department. But um, yeah, it's weird how it's finally like starting to to come to fruition in a way. But I, I can't imagine it ever would have taken what has happened. Uh, to get there but uh, lots of people have been asking about that shirt so the green line and blue line are available and uh red line will be shortly so um for those of you who've been asking uh you can go to the-suspendables.com or lastlinestrength.com i think i had that sorted out too so it'll all redirect to um to our store and you can start getting the last line strength shirt and some others and i also put up another one uh, on, I think right before I left for Florida, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, second Timothy one seven, which I won't get into a whole deep story about it, but it, it's, um, a verse that's very dear, near and dear to my heart, uh, because of my experience going to testify before Congress. And I, I wrote a little description about that and maybe we can deep dive on that, um, some other time, but, uh, but that one's up there and a couple of those have, have, have already sold. So now that I'm back, I'll be, uh, hopefully getting back to, to getting orders ready to go. And, uh, someone just asked, you, you look like a pretty good size guy. What size shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing an XL. Uh, and that's what I've usually gone with. And, you know, honestly, truth be told, like, yeah, I, I've gained a little bit of weight in the last year. That's another work in progress. Uh, because I, I said earlier, I'm six two two seventy five, but a good, a good area for me is six two two fifty. And so the XL might be a little snug right now, but I, I'm still rocking an XL. All right. But they and do, I'm in a medium. They, I like a medium. Yeah. I can wear a large, but I like the medium. And if you're Steve friend, you wear large, even though you're a size small, <laughs> we don't know what he's doing. He likes to swim in shirts. He likes to have a lot of air around him. He feels like he's a, like in a Muslim robe or something. Uh, we, we were giving him a hard time earlier. I was like, man, you're super skinny. Why do you have a large on? That's a weird thing to do. Uh, I think he likes it long down to his knees so he can wear it to bed or something. But uh, yeah, so those are the sizes, folks, uh, the-expendables.com. Garrett, thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks for hanging out with me this weekend. Thanks for being a good man, a good example to people in the world. Can can I throw one last thing in here? Of course. Um, So I I heard this on my way home yesterday on a podcast, and it it really just stood out. And then our talk just now uh, for the last hour or so, uh, where we talked about kind of our our uh, the early early stages of the suspendables and how we got here, uh, that the podcast was about the Navy SEALs versus Biden and their fight with um, the COVID vaccine mandate. In the podcast, they started with this passage from Isaiah forty two. Now I don't have this one memorized. I had to pull it up, uh, but the first couple of verses say, and and the, the the section is titled "The Lord's Chosen Servant," and it says, "Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights." I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law.
There it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling to know that uh, there actually is a code book for all of this. <laughs> Much to Joe Rogan's chagrin, which we yeah. talked about, and I got a copyright infringement on. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, there is. Guys, if you're going to the-dispendables.com, you can use promo code Kyle. That will save you 10%. Uh, this is Garrett O'Boyle, man, the myth, the legend. That's actually his wife's company. Isn't that correct, Garrett? Just to, in yeah. case anybody thought otherwise. That's actually, uh, that is Mrs. O'Boyle's position. Um, but you're obviously a helper in it. My man, thanks so much for joining me. I'm going to shut this sucker down. We're going to uh, say thanks to all of you for joining us. We are streaming live from Liberty Hill, Texas. 0930s on weekdays. We're going into the weekend here, so I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Um, please make sure that you are following the show, and if you are following it anywhere other than rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin, you may soon not find us. It may disappear quite soon. So we're going to probably shut down the YouTube. I, I don't want to support YouTube is what I realized. I don't want to be found on YouTube because I don't like YouTube. I don't like what they do. I don't like what they're about, and I don't support things that I'm not about. So that's coming to a close. We've shared our uh, with an audience out there, but we we are going to be uh, discontinuing that very, very shortly. So next couple days, start migrating over to rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Make sure you've given us a like if you're in the live chat. I saw a lot of new faces and new names out there. We really do appreciate you guys per, uh, participating. I can't always uh, integrate what it is that you guys are saying on the chat in my mind as I'm speaking to you, but uh, I do sometimes. So you guys know I do actually scan that pretty, pretty frequently. And we're really grateful for it. Leave us a five-star review. And if you do, then we can read them on the show. Here is one right now. Coming in. Bah, bah, bah. Oh, can I get it? Maybe not. Maybe I can't get this. Give me one second. <laughs> I just threw it on the screen. This is what happens when we don't have our producer, Ryan, sitting here. Uh, this one I knew com comes from a familiar voice. This comes from TP Kansu. It says, Kyle has a great show as always, although of all the content presented, enlightens, and makes me think about our two-tier justice system, Friendly Fridays are the best. What a good one for a Friday, right? Filled with humor and yet again proves the unjust system which we face. Keep up the informative content with Steve and Garrett. There you go. Uh, and keep exposing the hypocrisy of the DOJ. By the way, need to update your outbound content. It states that your show is Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. LOL. I just listened to the thing that we put out there. I don't think it says that, but if TP Canto, you can find me at kyleserafin.com. You can send me the contact. Tell me where you're finding the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday thing. I think I'm doing it the correct way, but if I'm not, I want to make sure that I update it and I correct it. If you guys are hearing that we are not the number of days a week that we are, then we should fix that. Anyway, uh, folks, follow us on iHeart. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple. Share this stuff with your friends. Leave us a five-star review, the show notes, and uh, we look forward to seeing you after the weekend. I hope you guys have a blessed, a safe, and a productive weekend. We will catch you after the break. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.